This is the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Now here at the Menopause Movement, we've surveyed over 50,000 menopausal women. And through this, we've discovered that the number one cause of menopausal suffering for our clients is weight gain. Now you've said things like, how do I lose the mental belly? I don't recognize myself anymore. How can I get me back? When menopause hit me out of the blue, I had no idea what was happening. And when I gained about 50 pounds overnight, I hated what I saw in the mirror. The menopause movement exists to provide world-class transformational education to women who are suffering from the symptoms and effects of menopause. And we're here to give you the education you need to get your life back. We want menopause to be the best time of your life. I mean, it is for me, and I want that for you. After years of trial and error, I finally cracked the code with my menopause weight, and now I want to share with you how I did it. I realized that what helped me the most was a challenge. So we've created a challenge for you to help you lose your mental belly. Simply go to menopausemovement.com forward slash challenge to sign up. I'll see you there. What's up, Menopod? Excited to be here with you for another amazing episode of the Menopause Movement podcast. Spring has sprung here in New York. And now that I'm finding that if I want to get my runs in, I got to get up and get outside earlier. I'm currently preparing for a 5K and that's a 3.1 miles. Those of you who think that's a sprint, I think you're awesome. Otherwise, it, it's not really that short of a run that long either, but it's fun to do these trainings and to do races. I started running again about five years ago, and when I did, I could only run for about 30 seconds at a time. I'd run and then walk and then run and then walk. <sighs> my heart rate was super high and my feet really hurt. Fast forward to 2018, and on September 30th that year, I did a 5K, and toward the end of the race, my hip started hurting, and that led to almost two years without running at all because of a condition called bursitis, and the only thing that helped it was rest. And sometimes resting is hard. And when we go back to work, we want to compare ourselves to who we used to be. I realized that the only way I was going to improve my running was to stop worrying about my past fitness and focus on beating yesterday. And this helped me so much. And now I'm preparing for my first event since 2018. And today in the podcast, we're, we're welcoming my friend Fabian Fredrickson. Fabian and I met in 2014 through a business group. We've stayed in touch over the years. She's a great resource for anyone who wants to grow their business and become a money magnet. Also, she's an amazing cook. Make sure you check out her Instagram for nearly daily videos on what she's cooking up in her kitchen. Fabienne is a powerful catalyst for solo business owners who seek to make the greatest impact they can in their work while creating certainty in their business and financial security in their lives. She believes that when women make their own money and lots of it, they experience a profound feeling of safety in their life, allowing them to take up more space for their families, communities, and the world. With over 20 years of experience as the founder of boldheart.com, Fabian has been a mentor to tens of thousands of women business owners. Her company has repeatedly been recognized by the media and Inc. Magazine has named it one of America's fastest growing private companies for three consecutive years. Fabienne is an inspiring speaker, sometimes even speaking to audiences as large as 7,000, and has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, Amex Forum, and the New York Times. Fabienne has the rare and unique ability to powerfully teach transformational concepts in an engaging and moving way, while inspiring her audiences to become better versions of themselves. Her TEDx talk is one example of making a concept that is usually difficult to grasp seem absolutely attainable. As one would with fairy dust, 
Fabienne sprinkles self-worth and mindset principles onto all of her teaching. She teaches you to fight self-doubt, become infinitely more confident, and then get out of your own way so you can create a magnificent life you love. During the podcast, we talk about Fabienne's move with her family of five to Paris from the USA in 2016, Fabienne's entrepreneurial journey, alignment, connection to purpose, and what that means, food and well-being, and why food is different in France, tapping into feminine energy and the divine feminine, future-proofing your business, listening to your intuition, connecting to the divine, what is suffering and how to manage it, pronoia, what that means and how you can start to believe it, what happens when we pursue personal growth, how to become a money magnet, fear, what it means and how to move past it, and stay to the end to find out how to get you out of your own way in anything. At the end of the episode, visit menopausemovement.com forward slash podcast, where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a written review, like and subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So you're always the first to know when each episode is released. And what's your biggest menopause struggle? Let me know on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Gordon, or on Facebook also at Dr. Michelle Gordon. I really want to hear from you. And thanks again for being a part of the menopause movement. Now let's get to Fabienne. Fabienne. Yes. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. We've been friends since, what, 2014 or something? Yeah. we've been and through stuff together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, you're the first person I know uh, personally who chose to become an expat. And and you live in Paris. You moved to Paris, what, just, just in 2016, right? Yep. Uh, beginning. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so jealous that you were, that you were going there and I mean, you grew up in Paris and so it wasn't so yeah. hard for you, but has it been, you've got three kids. And so has it been for your kids who were speaking English and primarily and living in Connecticut and now you've been in, you know, you planned on staying in Paris for a year and yeah. it now here, here it is five years five later. Years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's just talk about that for a second because gosh, yeah. what, a, what a big change. Yeah. Big change. Um, so when my husband and I talk about this, we talk about high highs and low lows, how it's absolutely exhilarating. It's a dream come true. I just, I, one of the things I love about Paris and France is that it is a feminine country. And I lived in New York and the U S and where, you know, Oh, but <laughs> I, I, I want to say some stuff, but maybe we'll save that. No, for it's later. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I realized that the feminine is, is revered here. Um, yeah. where I think in other places in the world, it is tolerated at best. And so it has been an opening of my soul. And I think one of the major reasons why my soul was brought back here. Mm -hmm. But in terms of my family, high highs and low lows. And what I have really appreciated about my children, because you asked, is they we thought the international school they were going to was bilingual and they make it seem that way, but it wasn't that way at all. And okay. um, I remember a, a month and a half into school, they said, uh, why are you doing this to us? I want to go home. And I said, Fredrickson's don't quit. Because <laughs> if I allow us to go home, now that you're experiencing this challenge, I will set you up for the rest of your life that the minute you feel a speed bump, you're going to give up 
And my job in life is to have you persevere. And so we're going to dig deep. And I brought out, Michelle, I brought out all my coaching tools. Like seriously, (laughs) I'm like, I've been a coach for 20 years. I'm like, okay, we're going to bring this one out and this one out. And you know what? It was they in January, February, who said, can we stay another year? Oh, that's amazing. I mean, that's so, so great. And you know, it's so funny because I remember my son, as, as you may know, is, is disabled. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's high functioning disabled. And I remember a couple of years ago, we had all taken a trip to Provincetown which is on the the east coast in here in Massachusetts. It's a really fun town that's that's right on the beach there and we were waiting outside of a restaurant and I said I I don't know what it was. I said something to him and I said, "You know, Alexander, I said I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I didn't have the communication tools that I have now when you were growing up." Hmm. Because uh, you know, I was I was always very reactionary and and very prickly and and one of the things my way all the time. And that's one thing about entering into a coaching world is that you get all these tools for communication. And it's been it's been really helpful for me and in my personal relationships and especially in my relationship with my son, who never will do anything you tell him to do. He's <laughs> gotta be his idea. Always. Um, so yeah, so that's really great. So you've moved to Paris and you've been a, an entrepreneur for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a series here on the menopause movement podcast where we'll, we'll interview entrepreneurs because most businesses now, the new startups are started by women over 50. Yeah. Right. Over 50% of new, new businesses are women over 50. And so I feel like it's a really important part of women who are going through menopause to understand at least the options in terms of getting help and starting a business or what to consider before starting a business like I did with Ryan Levesque. And so why don't we talk for a second about your own entrepreneurial journey and how you, how you started a business Mm -hmm. and what, what that took, what kind of courage that took for you to, you know, leave a sure thing and start something that wasn't so sure. It's a really interesting struggle, internal struggle between faith and fear. (laughs) between knowing and doubting. So what I'll say is my intuition was telling me when I was in corporate selling advertising space on uh, 6th Avenue in New York that I wasn't, I wasn't meant for this. Mm. I dreaded it. And I thought there's got to be something more meaningful than this. And at the same time, I was doing courses on on evenings and weekends, learning holistic health. And I decided that I was going to take the great leap of faith and open up a private nutrition practice out of my 350 square foot apartment in Manhattan, uh-huh. <laughs> my crazy $1,400 a month, you know, apartment. <laughs> and uh, and I, I didn't get clients right away. I mean, I got like benevolent friends who paid my $1,200, you know, program, but like four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> four or five of them and I wasn't getting clients fast enough and and it was this this whole idea of I've made a, a terrible mistake and I had friends project their money stories onto me saying yeah. I cannot support you doing this and I had to tell them listen right now I cannot bathe in your negativity I love you and I need to take a, a, a like some time because I need to stay positive. So it, it's, you know, the 3 a.m. sweats, the credit card companies calling, the but then flopping back to I was made for this. Mm-hmm. I'm I when I did have a client, I was changing 
their life. And it was beyond nutrition. I'll never forget this Latin restaurant worker who came to me to lose weight. But in the end, the reason I was in his life was to help him come out to his uh, religious family, especially wow. father. Wow. Um, I, just uh, this young woman to help her get out of her toxic relationship under the premise of I'm here to teach you how to eat whole grains, tofu, and, you know, <laughs> and greens. It was wonderful when it was wonderful, but the whole, you know, it was, it was talk about digging deep yeah. to find, to find the courage to stay right. the course. Yeah. I mean, when you know you have a calling, you talk about how you knew that there was something different. There was something more and you hated I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but, but you, you really didn't get any satisfaction out of selling advertising on Sixth Avenue, right? And I can liken that to, I mean, I, I here I am, I'm a, I'm a surgeon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The highest, you know, that's, that's like the highest doctoring is to, <laughs> to be a surgeon. It's like, oh, wow, that's really, it's so impressive. And it was soul sucking for me. Mm -hmm. It was just, I, I, there was no joy in it for me. And I even got, you know, I was super successful and I made a lot of money and I grew a big practice to, you know, I had five doctors, including myself. And I thought, oh yeah, I've made it. Okay, now what? You know, and and it just wasn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like anything about it. I didn't like working inside of the the whole, you know, American corporate medicine and and all of the ways that they were beating down the the, the small guy. And so I started, for me, it was like, I, I was like, this is not my calling. What is? And I realized looking back that my calling was always to show people that there's something more and there's probably, you know, more, more in terms of like, let's connect with the higher power and let's connect with the, 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 who we really are and, mm -hmm. and all those things. And so, and, and through all that, I've had to do that myself. I mean, I was an atheist, I was an agnostic, and then I was a meditator and finding <laughs> God and, and all that, you know, so it was, it's been a really interesting journey for me. And coming back to alignment. So the one thing we talk about a lot in spiritual circles and is, is how do you get into alignment? And what does that mean? And I, I think the easier way to, to talk about it is like what it feels like to not be in alignment, mm -hmm. right? Mm. And that's so, so can you speak to that for a minute? Yeah. Being in alignment for me um, is really being in this connected state uh, in the sense where I feel a part of all that is mm. where it's interesting because I did a flip flop on that today. My, uh, as you know, my father's in the hospital. He had a stroke on Monday. Yeah. And, you know, I teach as part of the, the, business work that I do, I teach how to get out of fear and get in faith right. because that's a higher vibration. And that's when you manifest what you want. And, you know, of course I found myself in total fear the last yeah. few days trying to, you know, figure out how to do things. And, and I just started again, using my own coaching tools on me, like Fabian, snap out of it, get out of fear, doubt, and worry, and get into positive expectation, get into faith, get into a high vortex of vibrational energy. You know, scientifically, it is measured the higher the vibration, the mm -hmm. higher you are connected to the, the mental universe, the all that is, that's when you are aligned. So, you know, I honestly, I was in the metro and I'm just mm -hmm. like, Everything's going to work out. I'm positively expecting great results. No matter what I see in front of me, the universe is rearranging itself for my best interest right now, again and again and again and again, which is the mantra that I share with our members at Boldheart. Yeah. And, uh, and then everything opened up today because I got myself in alignment 
with spirit, with source, with a yeah. capital S, where you understand, I'll speak for myself, well, where I understand that everything is energy. Qu the quantum field talks about this. Scripture mm -hmm. talks about this. If, if you're, you know, and Fabienne, what is the truth? Alignment is the truth. Yeah. Get in, get in connection with source and everything will feel easy. And this afternoon, everything felt easy. That's so beautiful. That's just so beautiful. I mean, so if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube and, and you're feeling like you're struggling in your life, there, there is a lot of ways to get in touch with source. And one of them, one of them is meditation. Another one is prayer. If you're a prayer, um, another way is just to like go out in nature and look far away. So, so I just, you know, I, I, I don't want anyone who to feel hopeless. You know, I, I want you to, this isn't something that only Fabienne can do or only I can do. You can do this too. And it just takes intention. And so that's really important. It's called a spiritual practice because you need to practice it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I love that. Yeah, you, you do have to practice it. And, and it's easy when you start to feel really good. When you do these spiritual practices, it's easy to stop doing them and then start feeling bad again and not understanding why. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that the practice becomes just a part of your life, that it's just the first thing. Like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I'm, I, I say I, 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 like five things I'm thankful for. And then I ask myself some questions because, of course, the subconscious comes to mind, you know, it, it has to answer when you ask a, ask a question, it has to answer a question. And so a few a few months ago, I started asking myself, why am I so fit and healthy? How did I get so fit and healthy? Mm. And it's like 20 pounds ago. You know, I mean, it's so, so it's, 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 it, I've been able to, you know, like I just came back actually like 20 minutes before we got on, on camera here from a six and a half mile run. Mm. And, and so it's it, it, things that, that when you give your subconscious a job to do, it's going to answer, especially if you give it a question. So this is the menopause movement podcast. So let's ask for a second about your menopause experience. Have mm -hmm. you had a menopause experience? Are you there yet? I'm in the thick of it. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> Um, it's funny. It's gone in waves. Uh, I, uh, a year ago, I was having hot flashes all the time, not in night sweats. Mm -hmm. And then it went away for a few months, as did my period. Yeah. Then it came back and now it's gone again. Mm -hmm. Um, I am looking at this as just a natural process of life. Yeah. I am not looking at, and I'm not judging everybody's doing their thing. I am not looking at taking any supplements. I'm like millions of millions, billions of women have experienced this before. So I'm just kind of riding, riding that wave, just being grateful that I got to make three babies and yeah, that I'm a woman. I'm so grateful to be a woman. I love that. Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of women find menopause to be a time of disruption, like significant disruption. And it's disruption not only in the physical symptoms, but there's a whole like an existential crisis almost that comes for, for a lot of women in menopause. And it's about a lot of confidence. You know, there's anxiety and, and, and difficulty making decisions and confidence problems. And the one thing I have to say is that, like, I have a cousin who lives in France, and she lives in Paris. And she said, you know, menopause is not a big deal here in France, that they don't really have a big deal. And, and you're having a pretty, you know, mellow menopause, it doesn't seem to be too disruptive for you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we teach in the minnow system, 
and here at the menopause movement is that what you eat is super important. Mm -hmm. And we all know if, if you follow Fabienne, I mean, listen, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you've got to follow her on Instagram because she's going to show you how to cook a whole bunch of really awesome food. So food is really important to Fabian, and it's been really fun to watch you. Your Instagram is not about your business. I mean, it is sometimes, but but for the most part, it's about come with me to Provence and let's make some amazing food, mm -hmm. right? And so I love watching you cook. I do watch most of your videos on, on Instagram. It's so fun. And I just... I just think it's really important that we that we talk about the role that food plays in our well-being. And so do you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah. Well, so France is very connected to nature in some senses where I wouldn't dream of eating asparagus in the winter. Yeah. Uh, asparagus is a spring vegetable. A strawberries come out uh, now is strawberry season, but it won't be strawberry season in November. Right. And so I have chosen to eat that way. I don't eat processed foods. I don't buy boxes of things. I literally go to the market, the outdoor market every two to three days. And I buy what's fresh, not from Chile, not from, and you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. just from France and what's available now. And my job is to make the food shine. I'm, I'm in awe. When it's asparagus season, I will eat it every day, the white or the, the green. And then, because I know it's going to be gone in a few weeks. When it's yeah. strawberry season, man, I am gorging myself on strawberries. And then when it's no more, it's no more. Yeah, yeah. Like right now is rhubarb. Oh, man, I am all over that. <laughs> it's, yeah, rhubarb is delicious. Rhubarb, especially mm -hmm. with raspberries. Mm -hmm. But or strawberry. But here's, you know, the thing is, is I think it's really important that in France, especially, it's whole real food. Yeah, it's non GMO. And it's farmers markets. Mm -hmm. The first time we went to Paris, I, I I'm this I'm, I'm the travel planner. And I always like want us to be busy. I want us to not sit and do stuff, but I want to be busy. And so we we did a I used this company called Tours by Locals. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they I I've used them all over the world to just see see places because they're local people who understand the culture and they will teach you all about stuff. It's so it's great. So if you like tours, it's a Canadian company, Tours by Locals. It's really awesome. I don't get paid for that. So the first time we went there, I was like, oh, let's let's do this gastronomy tour thing. And not only did we have a rest, you know, eat at a couple of really fun restaurants, we went to a farm out mm -hmm. in the countryside mm -hmm. and we picked strawberries and we picked vegetables and it, and and I took them home and I cooked them the next morning when we had eggs for breakfast at the apartment we were we were staying at. But it was just, it was so beautiful to see how connected everything is and the differences. And, and I'm wondering if this, if this is something that your kids noticed when, when they moved from Connecticut to Paris. And that is that food, when it's prepared lovingly and healthfully, is a very different experience than, say, going to a drive-thru. Yeah, I think also when I was living in the U.S., I lived there for 36 years. I raised my children there until they were around 10. And, um, you know, I was doing the buying the boxes of Cheerios and buying the goldfish crackers and all the th all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, I, 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 it was very convenient as a mom, but I think that it created a block for my kids to be able to un understand and appreciate the subtlety of fresh food. 
And especially when, when, when the food is from here and it's in season, it tastes so much like more glorious than, you know, if it's been flown from around the world in the wrong time of the year. But that to be said, yeah, they notice it. Now when I bring, and we taste trained, I, I, I don't, I, I have to offer this uh, book. I read a, a book a few years ago called French Children Eat Everything. Mm. And that changed my they family. Do. They do. That book changed my family because I taste trained my kids. And now where they couldn't even eat an asparagus. I keep bringing up asparagus. It's asparagus day today. Yeah. <laughs> but they wouldn't eat a, 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 a cherry tomato. Now, when I bring the stuff to the table, they're like, mama, thank you. <laughs> and they, you know, they jump at it. So That's so good. Uh, yeah. And with love and knowing that we're going to eat for an hour, hour and a half, not shoveling down in between swim practice and, you know, soccer this. Like we eat every meal, including lunch for an hour to two hours. Yeah, that's that was a real culture shock for me when I went. I took my family to Paris and we went to have dinner. And it was it was so for an American dinner in Paris can be excruciating mm. because it's just really slow. And then I then I started looking. I started looking around and realizing that everyone there was having a good time. They were having conversations. They weren't on their phones. They were just talking. Mm -hmm. They were having a good time interacting with each other while they ate the food. It was really great. And you will not see an iPad or a kid with the phone looking at a movie the way I did that with my kids. Here yeah. we train the children to that an hour and a half, two and a half hour lunch or dinner is a time of connection and loveliness yeah. and talking. And I'm so glad it, it's a meditative state to be in that place. Mm. Whereby I think that in the past I used to just give them stuff so they could just be not be in the moment and things yeah. have changed for me. Yeah. And I'm sure it's changed for them. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah. that when they go back to the U S they're going to be like, wow, it's really fast here. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very different. Uh, Paris is a great city. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, 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 you know, we've, we've had some conversations about, you know, I, I mean, I love the French Alps and, and the whole area in there. And there's that Chateau that we've talked about that I've been mm -hmm. to a couple of times. And mm -hmm. that, that whole area there is just, I love the wine country and, and the fact that, you know, you've got these mountains that are, that are straight up. And then, you know, you've, you've got vineyards yeah, become, right there. I've become so much more feminine since being here because I do believe it is a feminine country. I do believe that the, the feminine is revered here. And part of feminine energy is this slowing down sensorial. When I say sensorial, I mean like really enjoying the sounds and the sights and the mm -hmm. tastes and this being energy as opposed to where in some other places it's like do 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 and and you are rewarded for being busy i have a friend in the us who used to say to me as a compliment she's like oh, you're so busy and and it was almost like i i had to say thank you yeah <laughs> here it's the opposite you know <laughs> yeah so let's let's talk about that for a minute let's talk about so there's this book i read a few years ago as a matter of fact ani defranco who is a folk singer i went to one of her concerts and she mentioned it and and so i said well you know i'm gonna read this book and it's called the alphabet versus the goddess have you heard of it no i haven't i'm gonna recommend that book to you because it, okay. it I, I think i i think i sent you a text about it. It made me think of you as I was reading it because it is the best book that talks about like it's the history of religion and not just the history of religion, but it's like how the patriarchy really got started. Mm. And it has to do with 
using the other side of your brain and written language and how all the gods were female before written language. Mm. And then when we had written language, we started using the other side of our brain. They started killing off the goddesses. Mm. And you can see it in the history. It's a beautifully written book. It was written by, I think, a, a, dog, a surgeon, an ENT surgeon or something, if I remember correctly. But a beautifully written book and the best history of religion book I've ever read. And it just it explains why we have a patriarchy. And that's a good place to start to have a conversation about how to like become more egalitarian. I know I'm not like advocating for a matriarchy. That's not what I want. You know, I would like to just see us have more equality and have women not be looked over as much. Mm-hmm. And and I think that any woman who grew up, especially in America, is so used to just being ignored. I mean, my family, when I was a kid, I would say something, I would have to say something five times before anybody would listen to me. And even to this day, my brother does it unconsciously. I'll say something to him and he'll ignore me. I'll have to say it three times to him. Mm. And and it's just it's just subconscious. It's not his fault. It's his it's just subconscious that 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 the the feminine was not revered. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about these. You know, you've got on your on your outline here, which we're finally getting to, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> female leadership in unwritten times, how feminine strength is needed now more than ever. Here's my take on this. If you look at everything that's not working in the world right now with the planet, with economies, with just p- really pick any topic. Mm-hmm. My belief is that there is an overabundance of masculine energy. There is... And I love the masculine. I am raising two gentlemen. I'm married to the most wonderful man. And, and there, the energy of the masculine is transaction, outcome, result, et cetera. And the, it's that doing energy. And the feminine energy is one that I see being love and collaboration and compassion and being and contribution. And my view on this is I had this divine download uh, a couple of years ago, and it was the image of uh, the masculine sitting on its throne. uh, And next to it was another throne, but it was empty. Mm. And that um, for the last 5,000 years or more, the, the, the masculine has been rewarded. And I do believe that the masculine is wishing that it had its strong counterpart because it's lonely up there. <laughs> and anything that works in nature is the alchemical marriage of the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. There is no darkness without light. You don't want it to be just dark or just light. It's the, nature's not that way. You don't want it if it's overly dry. You, you want the wet. You you want contrasts. And anything that works well is a combination of the masculine and feminine in nature. It's the alchemical marriage mm-hmm. of the feminine and the masculine. But if you look at things that don't work in our world today, what we're doing to the planet, it's very much masculine and I believe that there is not just room for, if we really want things to turn around massively, we need to bring in some feminine leadership, love, compassion, collaboration, nurturing, forgiveness. Yeah, it's, I think, you know, we've got so much profit, right? And 
I, I like to say that America is the the land of the corporation and the home of the prophet. It's it's not really the land of the free and the home of the brave anymore. And and I don't think it ever was. I mean, I think it really was all about, you know, let's get a bunch of white guys together and who don't want to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I mean, that's the history, right? Mm -hmm. And it's still the same way. And it's it's sad, you know, because of uh, just all the problems we have in this country. But when it comes to like looking at what's happening to the world, let's say, let's say for a second, let's talk about like the environment. The environment is messed up because of corporate greed mm -hmm. and corporate greed is never going to change. And I mean, it's those, you know, I don't see unless we had a, you know, unless we have some sort of a cataclysmic event that, you know, kind of like the, the great depression that, that really just kills the whole world economy. I mean, COVID has been kind of cataclysmic, but it hasn't stopped the corporate greed at all. It's been worse. It's made medicine worse. Mm -hmm. It's like it, you know, it's like going into a prison now to get into the hospital. I mean, I, and, and that may be your experience too with your, with your dad being in the hospital. Thankfully he, he was able to get oh. in right away. The system is, is pretty good here. I do believe that it would take a miracle, but I'm in a place of deeply expecting that something will happen. There, I, I was just watching a David Attenborough, I don't know if you, yeah, a documentary. Yeah. I forget that the title is something like the year, the year the earth changed or something like that. And and that's it was not about, Apple, right? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in a way, COVID gave nature a break for a year mm -hmm. where animals could could speak to their young uh, without trying to go over, you know, the, the sounds of trawlers and planes and, you know, the things could grow again. And I do believe that, unfortunately, we're probably going to experience more of those things, but I am not looking at a crystal ball. So um, I'm yeah, out yeah, of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, it would, it would be really nice. I, I, I mean, to effect change, you know, we have to start with ourselves, right? If we're going to make a change, we got to start with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then to create a movement, we need to get a bunch of people with the same thinking who actually start to make those changes. And then people start to see, and there's a ripple effect. And that's, that's what we need. And when it comes to kind of embracing the feminine, we need to stop saying that the way that men do things and especially what you do in your business you talk about you don't have to sell like a man you're a woman it's okay you can sell like a woman mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's almost like women want to wait for permission to be themselves and and that's another societal problem is that we teach women that they have they need to have permission I, i'm giving women permission every day yeah thousands and thousands of permit uh, women are waiting for someone to give and i always say okay they say, Fabian, do I have permission to raise my rates? Fabian, do I have permission to actually do the thing I really want to do instead of blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, okay, so you don't need my permission. The permission train isn't coming. You have to give yourself permission. Yeah. Um, but if you want my permission, okay, like, here you go. I'll say this. I believe that the divine feminine is rising. I believe that it has been surging. It's an underground energetic, spiritual, natural thing. And mm -hmm. I think who knows what it's going to look like, but I believe if you believe in light workers, I'm a light worker. It might be a little too woo woo for some of people listening to this, but there are thousands of people who have been born at this time to help with the shift. Yeah. And that's really interesting you say that because I've had uh, a shaman on this on this podcast a couple of times. Her name is uh, Makosi Pitts. And 
she talks about how she was brought here mm -hmm. at this time to help shepherd people into a new consciousness. Mm -hmm. And you can go back and watch that. Uh, I think Through the Looking Glass is one of them. And then there's another one that I can't remember, but they're all on the page. So when it comes to kind of embracing the feminine and also embracing the the newness of our difference, like the thing this, you know, we say unprecedented time, not so unprecedented happens every hundred years. Mm -hmm. How how do you think that business owners particularly or people who are just starting out can pivot and then also future proof their business? You can f future proof your business in many different ways. The first is to trust your intuition. Um, we're always making our decisions from our head, but I believe that there's room for intuition. There's room for listening to the signs, even Again, I'm going to go into my woo, but throughout this entire last year, year and a half, I really looked to the divine for guidance. I, you know, I asked, please, please guide my thoughts. Please mm. show me where you, you can ask your brain, the reticular activating system. I ask it, I ask the divine this, show me what I need to do next. And then I listen for the guidance. I listen for the intuitive hit. And whenever that instinct comes, I go with it. And when I go with it, it is literally divine guidance. So I, I think one of the best ways to pivot in, in any times, uncertain times is, is to not be tied to a rule of how it has been. One of the worst things I've heard people say is, uh, not one of the worst things, but um, it, it doesn't help when somebody says, but I've always done it this way. Okay, so as Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you, <laughs> right? There's room to be more fluid and that fluidity is more of a feminine energy. The intuition, uh, and, and I, when I say feminine, I mean men have this too. We all are have feminine and masculine energy, and it's about being willing to use both. Mm -hmm. So in, in uh, my business coaching company, I talk about doing the pragmatic uh, and the energetic, doing being practical and uh, vibrational, just using both. And when you can use both, again, this alchemical marriage of something that's in nature but also in you, you are more fluid and you can be strategic and intuitive at the same time. This is what I've been teaching people since, you know, March of last year is, is how to use both to pivot your business. And I have to say, even I'm shocked, like so many of our members had their biggest years. Yeah. And it's because they pivoted. They, they went inside. They had to, it was like, okay, it's no longer the same game that we've been playing for 10 to 20 years. It worked. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I think that one of the ways that we can get stuck is to say it's always been this way, we have to, you know, continue to do it this way. And that's probably insanity, really. I mean, especially if you're getting the same result or not getting the result you want. So yeah, I went to I went to see the Dalai Lama uh, in India two years ago. Mm -hmm. And the wait, 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 what, what was that like? <laughs> it, it's totally surreal. I totally surreal. We, we were a group of 40. We were invited to spend a week at his compound. Mm -hmm. And his right hand, Sam Dung Rinpoche, took us through the four immeasurables over four days. Um, and full day. 
And, uh, and then on the fifth day, we met the Dalai Lama. And one of the biggest messages I got, and, you know, the four immeasurables, if I can remember them, forgive me if I miss one, but it's uh, loving kindness, equanimity, joy, and f- I, I can look them up. Is it I service? What's that? Is it service? It wasn't, but... No, okay. um, I don't, I don't but, know. So, But one of the things that I learned during that trip, which was completely surreal... Uh, when he looked in my eyes, it was a shot of energy. It was really incredible. Like, I'll never forget that moment. Uh, nonetheless, he talked about uh, impermanence, mm-hmm. uh, how the only constant is change. And yeah. the, the, we suffer when we want things to be the same. And if we can be fluid, if we can roll with the punches, if we can be open, uh, my friend Freddie calls it, well, that was the era of when he moved to Sri Lanka after we had picnics in Paris as families. And I said, Freddie, I'm going to miss you and your and your daughters. And he goes, well, we're ready for it. We're all moving on to another era. And that was the era of the Fredrickson picnics. But uh-huh. I, I, how, however funny that is, I really understand that now that if we can just see a series of eras, we had the era of whatever. We mm-hmm. had the era of COVID, we had the era before, we're, we're entering into a new one. And if we can do a little less white knuckling, I think we'll be happier. Impermanence. Yeah. Yeah, Impermanence. Well, it's, it's really hard because the brain wants, the brain craves a routine. The brain craves permanence. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the dichotomy, right? It's, mm-hmm. we think that we can control an outcome and make everything the same. And in reality, the best way to find our happiness is to release all of that and let the impermanence come and, and just realize that we're, we're a hundred percent ephemeral. <laughs> when we get, when we get that, when we really start to understand that, then it's like, Oh, you know, and then you can lean into it and it makes the decision making easier. I think. Yeah. I, you know? I, I, I believe that it's about faith. Yeah. If you can see do you know the word pronoia? Michelle? Yeah, I do. Okay. Pronoia. Yeah. The yeah. universe has got your back. The universe has got your back. The universe yeah. is rearranging itself for your best interest, as opposed to paranoia, of course. And if we may just have, if we would just have faith that we will be okay, that everything is always working out for us. If we can look back in our life and say, oh, all those things that happened that felt like a total nightmare, there was something good for us at that time. I'll give you an example. When I was 20, my mother died in a car accident. Oh, wow. And of course, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And I, at that moment, if you had said to me, it would be one of the most pivotal, beneficial things for me, it, I, it would sound however that sounds, but that because of a series of events that happened right before we were not talking to each other, but I called her because I somehow listened to some divine guidance that Mm. I I thought I was, I I thought there was no God, you know, Yeah. Uh, we don't have time for me to discuss the whole thing. But that's when I realized that there were so many events that would not have happened without the hand of the divine 
that that's when I started believing. And, yeah. and I'm, I may be a business coach, but I am a spiritual teacher and healer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know this to be true now because I, I teach this faith thing. I, I, even though I teach you how to make money and lots of it, yeah. there's faith involved. And, and I, I wouldn't have, there was the hand of the divine in there. And so there's always a, not just a silver lining on everything that's happened to you in your life. There is a, a golden lining. If you would just see the benefit, if you would just let go of what could have been what I thought it was supposed to look like and just like let go of the grip and allow yourself to just put your hands on the steering wheel and allow life to take you where it's supposed to take you. The Surrender Experiment by by Mickey Singer is one of the That's best books. Book. I, I recommend it to thousands and thousands That's, of people. Yeah. And the and Surrender it, Experiment it, it, plus plus uh, the Untethered Soul, which I had to read six times before I got any of it. So you know it it that but that book the both of those books changed my life. But the book that changed my life the most. Mm. in this whole journey was autobiography of a yogi and Mm. when i read that book uh the whole it made the whole jesus narrative make sense to me Mm. because here's this guy who's talking about all the things that that he he was you know accessing the divine he was in line alignment with divine and then you know his master appears to him have you read this book autobiography of a yogi i i I believe i started it i wouldn't be surprised if it was right behind me (laughs) so it it does get a little weird towards the end but the audiobook written read by ben kingsley is really worth it because Um, it's ben kingsley speaking um, and um and so it makes it 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 was really i was you know i'd like go running and listen to it and then I'll, i'll still listen to it sometimes but i actually became a devotee of this guy paramahansa yogananda because it made everything make sense it's like Jesus wasn't the only one. Jesus was just another yogi. And when and that's not to be blasphemous for anybody who believes, because I respect your belief. This is just how I've worked it out for me. And when when I just look at the miracles and and how this guy was like, he was filling stadiums here in America in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And he taught people a scientific method to God. And it's all in the spine. And it's all about chakras. And it's all about breathing. And I was like, ah. And so, and so when, when Christ says the kingdom of God is within you, then it all, it all just starts to make sense. You got to meditate or pray or do something to access that, that divinity that is inside of each one of us. And, and when you start to understand, you know, say John 1, 1, which is the word was with God and then the word was God. And then it was, and how do you explain that? And what does that mean? And it was basically that there was an entity. The entity wanted to wanted to examine itself, and so it broke off, and here we are. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, this has gotten this has gotten really spiritual, and and <laughs> I, I, I have that effect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny because every once in a while we do go down. Like I had an Ayurvedic doctor on, and we were talking about food, uh, and we just dove. She's Sikh, and mm-hmm. she grew up in America, and and so it just to talk about. We just dove right into food is medicine. And oh, by the way, here's a spiritual path. And so I love talking about spiritual stuff. And if, you know, this doesn't resonate for you, you can turn it off. It's fine. I have not offended, but it's just been so interesting for me to be on this spiritual path and start to embrace it. And in embracing it, I've realized that there's so much I have to just shed and let go of and just be. And that's, I think, so important. So um, you know what I've noticed is yeah. that a lot of people, so being a, a coach, yeah, 
for 20 plus years and always working on myself incessantly. Yeah. What I've realized is that people who do a lot of personal growth and development work always end up on the spiritual path. It's <laughs> almost like the shedding that you talk about when you start shedding the, 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 the shame that binds you, you start taking things off and you get less and less in your ego place. You begin to forgive and see your each other as being more one. It naturally leads into this spiritual journey. Yeah. I've, I talked about this to people all the time who are in the coaching or personal development world. And uh, there isn't one that isn't spiritual. And they're like, oh, yeah, I noticed that too. Personal yeah. growth, it, spiritual it, growth. Yeah, it, they're they're really very, very, very related. And it's been it's been interesting just to observe myself as I, you know, get better at at all the things I need to get better at and, you know, make the time to continue with the the that growth. Mm. Uh so let's talk for one second about how any how someone can become a money magnet in any economy while working half the time. That mm -hmm. sounds like a bold promise. Yeah, yeah. So um it's it's the alchemical marriage of the feminine and the masculine. So I, I do a, a money magnet club class. Yeah. And what we do is we blend a combination of the feminine, which is about your energy. What is your wealth consciousness? What are your beliefs? How are you being with money? Are you expecting money? Do you feel like you deserve money? Are your thoughts around money good? What is your vibration around money, abundance, self-worth, and all of that? So we work on affirmations. We work on wealth consciousness. We do all that internal work. And then, you know, I also have this masculine side to me. I'm like, let's go. Let's hustle. Let's do yeah. the practical. Let's do the yeah. pragmatic. We're going to do three to five actions a day to get the money rolling in. We're going to go on a sprint for 60 days. And so when, and then it's like motivation. Go, go, go. And when you marry the being, the energetic with the practical and pragmatic, you bring them together. There are people who, and I have them set a big, hairy, audacious revenue goal. You can look this up at moneymagnetclub.com. Yeah. Just, just even to see the sales page. When you marry the two, and you pick a big, hairy, audacious goal to reach within 90 days, but especially within a 60-day sprint. And yeah. you've got a whole community supporting each other. You've got them taking their actions. There's daily accountability. People are making like uh, 60000 90000 This one woman made 106000 in 60 days. That's and some so people great. are delighted to make 5000 but yeah so it's both if if you understand the energy of how the work, world works it's not linear you look at quantum physics quantum mechanics you look at law of attraction you whatever you want to you know the men, the mental universe the hermetic laws all about your beliefs your vibration and all of that but then when you follow it up with your hustle and your masculine yeah. energy yeah you can't i like I mean, I like to say that that action, I mean, I learned, heard this, I think, from, from James Wedmore first, but action brings clarity. And when I'm stuck in something, when I'm going to get into this vortex of thought and, and thinking about change or thinking about doing something, and I find like, well, what is one little thing I can do? What is an action I can take that's going to take me out of this funk? And mm -hmm. that, that will usually do it. So action does help. 
Well, one one of the things I learned in A Course in Miracles is that. Um, oh, what? Uh, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> you mean this you mean book right here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that fear does not happen in the present moment. That's so true. So it's either you're focusing on something or you're projecting. But if yeah. you're in fear, this is a spiritual teaching or whatever you want to call it, right? But it's a pragmatic, practical way of looking at how do you get out of fear? You get in the present moment because the present moment is now, 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 now. And fear does not happen in the present moment. So how can you get more present in this moment? Yeah. And the, yes, it is an urgency. <laughs> and when you are in fear, one of the best things to do is to take action. Yeah. Because it brings you right in the present. And when you're in action, you're not projecting to what could be. You're just in the action. The other thing that I do, and I, I do this, I did it today. You know, I talked about my dad and um, being in the hospital and I was just there and I'm thinking, okay, let's get into the present moment, Fabian. It's yeah. raining outside, but it's beautiful. Everything is good in this moment. Everything is good in this moment, in this moment, in this next moment, in this next moment. Yeah. And then the fear just, so I call it pray and move your feet. It's <laughs> what I was talking about, the, the, the energetic and then the, the pragmatic, pray and move your feet. That's great. You know, Eckhart Tolle wrote this book uh, called The Power of Now, mm -hmm. and it's really great, except for that there's no framework, right? It's really hard to, like, make it make sense. Mm -hmm. But when you stay in the present moment, and I think you've done a really beautiful job of explaining that, that you can't, you can't fail now. Mm. You know, the past can come to pre the present and you can, you can, you know, worry about the past or think about the future and think that, you know, something's going to happen. But right now in this moment, there is no failure. It just mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And that, that helps us to make time not matter. It helps us to like not worry about productivity. It's like, okay, what, what is important in this moment? And it's so great. So before, that. before we end this, I want to hear from mm -hmm. you. Hmm. how to get out of your own way and what, you know, so, so you've talked about getting into the present, but you have this thing, you know, what, what is a, pow a powerful mindset shift that can produce immediate results? You will always attract to what you believe and expect. Okay. So if you want, let's talk about this big, hairy, audacious revenue goal, right? Okay. If you want to attract, let's pick a round number, $10,000 in the next week, if you believe and expect it to be true on a subconscious level, I'm yeah. not talking about, la, 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 you know, what yeah. people say, but like, if you deeply believe it, where there's no resistance, you're going to take the actions. Why? Because your daily actions come from your subconscious mind. Your subconscious deals with 95% of your all 95% of your results come from your subconscious programming, mm -hmm. usually be before the age of seven. Willpower is the 5%. So most of us try to change our situation by willing ourselves to make that $10,000, right? And if we would just go and check in and just say, what are my beliefs about that? What do I expect to be true? If you can change that, and there are many modalities and things you can do, repetition is one of them, then you will, your, the, the actions will naturally come. So I, there's so many people efforting 
But if you can just go, and, and it's not just do I believe and expect, but do I deserve? Will I allow in? Am mm-hmm. I good enough to? And this is why in our business coaching programs, I we have a mind mindset first methodology. Because I can tell you how to get to a million in three to five years. Is what I right? This is what yeah. I teach in the leveraged business book. Right. Oh, yeah, and we gotta talk about that book. We can. We can. Yeah. But let's the leverage let's, business, how you lever- can go from overwhelmed at six figures to seven figures with your life back. I have it too. It's a yeah, great book. There you go. <laughs> let's put it there. Um, the, so you can get the, the book. We'll we'll hook it up in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. There are bonuses. Bonuses are fire, everyone. There's it's yeah. really, really great. She's got a whole course in there just when you you know, you buy the book and tell them you bought it and they'll give you a, yeah. a you nice go mini to, course uh, there. You go to theleveragedobusinessbook.com to get all the bonuses. But one of the things we do is we lead with mindset first methodology. Everything in this book is all the mindset gunk that you have around a team, around systems, Mm -hmm. around how you use your time and not set boundaries and how you can make. So the whole point to this is that you must start with the mindset, your beliefs, your rules, your self-image your expectations, your self-worth. Did I say self-worth? Did I mention self-worth? Self-worth. I mean, <laughs> what, self-worth. You, what you feel about yourself is so often what kind of results you're going to get exactly. in, in life and in business. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you do it. That's that so good. is how you do it. You don't get your mindset, you get your habits. How can you change your habits? <laughs> the habits are coming from, I mean, it's, it's, it's all together. It's all one thing. All together. So was there anything else you were hoping to share with the audience today? I, I'm just hoping there was some value, maybe a little rabbit hole that they can go <laughs> to, maybe an aha moment. Uh, yeah. th- I did not have an agenda. I am here to serve. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I never have an agenda either. I always love to just have a conversation and, and see where, where the, you know, where the conversation goes. You have another book and I see it behind yeah. you. You want to show that book? It's called yeah, Embrace sure. Your Magnificence. Yeah, right this was your first, the first published book this you had. First book, yeah. yeah. Embrace so, Your Magnificence. Get out of your own way and live a richer, fuller, more abundant life. This is a whole course in self-worth, self-esteem. Yeah. It is raw. That's you, a great book. You, when you, when you will really get to know me because <laughs> yeah. I put all my warts and yeah. Yeah, shortcomings in here. But yeah, this is about getting out of your own way. Yeah. So we'll hook that up in the show notes as well. Thank you. And where can people find you? Two ways. If you have a business, you can go to boldheart.com and just following me on social media. Uh, I am Fabienne Fred on Instagram and I'm Fabienne on Facebook. That's great. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you just before we go is that if somebody's just starting out, mm-hmm. is the, the Bold Heart business program a fit for them or do you recommend something else? What we like to, uh, the for the Bold Heart business program, there are two tracks. There's growth that'll get you to 10K a month. We we prefer that people are already be making 20, 20K, 25K a year before mm-hmm. you go with that. You need to have some clarity about your business. You need to know who your target audience is, even though there's room for improvement. But if people go in and they have zero clarity, zero clients, they've never made any money at it, it's not the right place to start. You got you got to have a little bit of knowledge before you can get some traction yeah. in there. I think there's a lot of free stuff uh, online that can help you determine who your target market is and oh, yeah. how, to, how to write an email. And You can and- just go to YouTube 
and yeah. search Fabian Fredrickson and you have like 21 <laughs> years worth of free content. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Fabian, thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement today. It's been really just so it's just been a pleasure to have you on. Mm, I really enjoyed reconnecting with you and I, yeah. I hope this was useful. <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I hope to have you back. Yeah, I would love that. Did you know that menopause is not a medical condition? Most doctors don't know this either. I like to say that menopause is the privilege of a long life. And to really take hold of our lives in menopause, we have to unlearn what society and the medical establishment has told us about menopause. This is why I've created this brand new course called Understanding Your Hormones and Managing Your Menopause. I want to show you how you can get on top of your menopause right now so that you can start to see it as the best time of your life. Now, this course is valued at $500 and is in the beta testing phase. And we're currently accepting applications for women to test it out for us at no charge in exchange for feedback and testimonials. But the best part is because you're a podcast listener, you can bypass the application process and go straight to the front of the line. To register right now, simply visit menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones and we can get started together right now. Remember, you can get started right now at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. And I'll see you inside the course. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. Thank you.